You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. On this episode, we'll sadly be breaking down a heartbreaking loss for the Auburn men's basketball team in Fayetteville, Arkansas, to the Razorbacks by the score of 73-75. to The Tigers now fall in their record to 8-7 and on the year, 2-5 and in the SEC going forward. We're going to break down all of the action and the storylines from this game. And to do that, I have brought in my friend and officially a new co-host here on the E2C Network, Mr. Gray Holdenberg. Gray, what's going on? And I guess congratulations. Thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you. I'm a part. I'm very excited to be a part of this. Well, so here's the thing. I think people probably have figured this out by now, uh, that if you're going to be on several shows in a row, there's chances are they're going to be hearing a lot more of you. So now is the chance for the listeners to decide if they just want to kick me off and let you do the whole dang thing by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they probably listen to me enough as it is doing solo shows and stuff like that. But you brought a, a great, fresh perspective to this, and we're glad to have you as part of this uh, network and this team. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be a part of it. Well, let's uh, move right into some more general notes and discussion before we actually get into this game right here. And this is more of just a, you know, I wasn't even aware this had happened, but I always want to make sure that when, you know, one of our Auburn family members goes through something that we mentioned it. And apparently Devin Cambridge did lose his great grandmother to COVID-19. And the fact that he's out there uh, playing through that and what I'm sure is a very heart wrenching time for him and his family it says something about the guy. And obviously I'm sure he's going to go be with his family when the time is appropriate uh, for him to do so. But you got to think uh, when a guy comes out there on the floor and deals with what he's got going on off the, off the court and competes, that shows a lot of heart and character for him. The other thing, no, Justin Powell, I need you to make me feel better about this. Gray. What's, what's going on with this? I don't, I don't know how I really don't. He's, you know, he's medically cleared. You know, Bruce said he was limited in practice. I don't know, but tonight showed why we really need a another ball handler out there. We, re- we need another ball handler. We need someone else to take a little bit of the attention away from Sharif Cooper because yeah. the notice is out to the entire SEC. Hey, stop Sharif Cooper. Because <laughs> I mean, no. if you can't do that, yeah. Auburn's going to have a really strong chance of of winning. And even when they try, he still gets his points and his, and his yeah. assist and things like that. Uh, Justin Powell, buddy, we miss you. I just hope you're okay. I mean, I'm just – I wish we had some clarification and just say, hey, look, it's yeah. still just complications from the concussion. I, I guess they're all we're all assuming that's what it is. Uh, but at this point, you know, I'm starting to really question my mind what really is going on with the dude because he's not traveling with the team on the away games, not even on the ro- you know on the bench for those. Uh, so right now, we you know, I guess I, I, this sounds cliche, but our prayers go out to Justin Powell and hope that he's doing okay and hopefully we'll see him again very soon because you are very much needed, sir. Yes, uh, but. <laughs> 
while we uh, kind of set that aside and lament about that any further, uh, let's talk about what actually happened in the game. And just for those that you may not have been able to watch or listen, this is kind of how it went down in just a really quick summary. First half action. Auburn seemed like they couldn't do too much wrong, got off to a very fast-paced start. Both teams did, actually. But Auburn outpaced the Arkansas Razorbacks behind uh, Sharif Cooper, uh, 43-31, to 31, and even pushed that lead even further at times to almost 19 points. The second half, however, Arkansas came flying back and altered their defense a little bit, which allowed that offense to catch back up to Auburn's already big lead there, allowing them to get a lead. Auburn fought back, came down to a last-second shot there where there might this should have been called the Auburn Tigers do fall though 73 to 75 Gray, this is a tale of two halves tell me the story of the two halves definitely definitely was a tale of two halves first half you said it Auburn didn't really seem that they could do any wrong we were hitting shots from the outside we were getting to the free throw line we were making free throws we were defending our tails off you know blocking shots you know I tell you Javon Franklin played the first half of his life he played great, especially on the defensive end. And the bigs were – we were rebounding the ball. And, you know, we came out in the second half. We started doing the same thing. But, you know, the defense adjustment to double Sharif Cooper at the top of the key and at half court for Arkansas really altered the Auburn offense and the flow of the Auburn offense. Mm-hmm. And it allowed Arkansas to then gain momentum with transition points and, uh, you know, open baskets and – you know, Arkansas jumped out with, I think, an eight-point lead, but Auburn then climbed back right afterwards with, you know, a, I think a 7-0 run. Yeah, yeah, 7-0 the lead. Run, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where, where Arkansas did not get the ball across half court due to Auburn's <laughs> pressure. Um, so, you know, and then it came down to the last, you know, possession of the game and free throws and, you know, maybe a missed call. And, you know, it happens, you know, on the road. All right. So I got I got to say this, though, Gray, I have behaved myself. That's not even a correct grammar there, but that's how upset I am about this. I have been on my best behavior for many, many podcasts now. Former co-hosts that were on the show will tell you that I used to lament about refs and would just sometimes get obnoxious about it. And I you know what? I'm tired of behaving myself. That was an atrocious. It was very bad. I mean, what does Sharif Cooper have to do? <laughs> you know, I he's going to have to – he may have to grow like six inches just so they'll give him calls like that. I, I don't know. I thought when you swipe down, no matter what, if you hit the guy's arm or not, it's a foul because you're, you're taught to go straight up mm-hmm. as a defender. Right. But the dude swiped down and hit Cooper in the face with both hands. <laughs> And they didn't call it. And Cooper immediately looked at the official and was like, um, what? Like, what do you want me to do, dude? <laughs> what, do you, mean, what else do you like? What else do you need for this to see? And it's not even like it was a weak take by him. The dude drove no, straight into great, the traffic. Great drive. Right. Had body control and everything and just put himself in a position to be fouled, was fouled. And there's no call at the end of this. And let's be honest, these are best free throw shooters. So there's a high probability that he goes to the line there. And wins the game, or yeah. excuse me, ties the game up at that point because uh, it would have been two free throws and if you made that. And so we're talking about extra basketball at this point, and you and I are recording this far later into the evening, the way these two teams were playing. Uh, it's just very frustrating, especially when you see the way this team encountered some adversity yet again on the road and responded. The, you know, we used to 
get into a position as Auburn fans, even under Coach Bruce Pearl, when their teams would get down in some very tough situations on the road, they just wouldn't seem to respond. It's a much different story now, and that's when it's frustrating when you have that taken away from you by a non-call. And I I will admit, they did let the boys play a lot, it seemed like at times, but then there were some times they were a little bit quick to whistle. It was just the inconsistency. We complained about, about that a lot last year on the podcast that the inconsistency of calls across basketball was yeah. just infuriating times. How do you feel like officiating has been thus far this season? Um, tonight really turned my view on that. You know, um, it, you know, I haven't had a true problem with it so far. I mean, it's been, it was uh, last year was atrocious, right? Last year was very bad. And it was, it wasn't like it was bad. It was just really weird at specific times <laughs> and it was like that's not you're not being consistent throughout you know not even just the sec but the entire country and but tonight i mean they i don't want to say that that call changed the outcome of a game because calls are not supposed to do not officials are not supposed to change the outcome of a game but they straight up just changed the outcome of this basketball game yeah, they, they potentially did. And, you know, we can sit here and harp about it forever, but we actually have to talk about why we were in the situation that we were yeah. in. Uh, but I did want us to have that little bit of a cathartic moment there because it was warranted. I mean, this isn't some little ticky-tack right, thing that yeah. we're just trying to stretch for. This is this is not to the level of Virginia double-dribbled. Yes, they did double-dribble. Yeah. Uh, but, but we'll, we'll let this one go. Yes. <laughs> we'll let this one go, but not the Virginia thing. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll never let that die here. Sharif Cooper continues to impress. Uh, I mean, what did you think about his play tonight? He's he's a warrior. He's a warrior. He was getting beat up all over the floor, you know. And especially when he was getting double teamed, he was still you know splitting that double team. You know, finding his guys when he's open. You know, a lot of our bigs, especially, you know, need to be ready to get the ball because Sharif's going to find a way to get it to him. And he started. You know, he knocked down two threes tonight. That's a new career high for him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, you add a three-pointer to his game and then get, you know, another weapon like Powell back, you know, not just to – but just to back off some of the attention from Cooper. This this kid is dangerous, and he's very good. Absolutely. He can score in buckets already. And uh, if we can, like you said, pull a little bit of attention away from him uh, so he can have a little bit more room every once in a while to shoot a three-pointer. Uh, he's going to be even deadlier. And, you know, here we are, you know, asking for this, and yet that's going to be the thing that forces him to leave early. (laughs) He continues to get any better here. As the commentators on TV said tonight, he continues to rise up the boards. And this may be – you may need to enjoy this while you're watching this right now. Another guy I thought personally that has added – or at least proven yet again that he is more versatile than what he seems is JT Thor. I'm going to propose – a odd nickname for him. Are you familiar in this? Just go with me here. I understand that there's probably eye rolling happening here from you and the mm-hmm. listeners at this point. You ever watch Dora the Explorer? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, the little guy named Swiper. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to nickname JT Thor Swiper <laughs> at his height. He shouldn't have not be able to pickpocket anybody that easily, but also do it several times. in the game. I counted at least three, two on our side of the court and one on the opposite side when they're bringing the ball up late in the game where JT Thor just says, Oh, excuse me. I'm going to take this and then do something <laughs> with it. I mean, that was just beautiful. He's so talented, even though he's so lanky. He is so long. He is so long. And he's just, purely offensively talented and he just needs that confidence 
he needs that confidence to like tonight when they started double teaming Cooper at half court, he needs to be able to come to the top of the key, take the ball and do whatever with it. You know, go get a bucket, whether it's that's kicking outside to a shooter, dumping down low to a big, or just attacking the rim. He just needs to have that confidence and build on that talent and body that he has. Absolutely. I mean, he is just a, a specimen. And if he hangs around any length of time here and has a chance to fill out and just really become sure of himself, because let's remember, you know, and this is this is becoming the the trend that commentators, they always stick on one thing throughout every sports season, no matter what it is. You know, if, if Jarrett Stidham's from Texas. Texas, J- from Texas exactly. Yeah. Jarrett Stidham got engaged. Uh, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Now it's, did you know that he reclassified and he's yeah. only like 17? Like that's every commentator thinks they're the first one to break that yep. news to you. We understand he's young. We get it. We don't care at this point. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcast, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. I do want to talk about the whole double-team Cooper situation because that's really what changed this uh, game around for Arkansas and what I thought was some brilliant coaching by Eric Musselman. Getting a lot of respect for him, honestly. And, you know, obviously we're Auburn fans here, but we like to be honest where we can. And I, I've gained a lot of respect for him since he's gotten here these past two seasons with the talent he's pulling in and with the way he's utilizing that talent and making changes here. Sharif Cooper was dominant. So how do you shut this Auburn team down, it seems like, is you go and double-team him, not just past the three-point arc. Great, they were double-teaming him before the yeah. half court line at times like that. Have you ever seen that? Or I, it's happened, I'm sure. But do you frequently see that in basketball? No, no, not at all. But with the way Cooper was playing in the first half, and he would agree he was, you know, distributing the offense and getting this offense going. You know, that's a great, brilliant move. Not just to get the ball in his hands, but to slow our offense down and and worry some of our other young guys that are not ball handlers. And that's really what it amounted to because it put yeah. in a situation where Sharif's having to give it up much earlier and then they're not able to set up in their offense and they're kind of then having to find a way to reset. And by that time, you've wasted half the clock. And so there's a bit of a rush factor at this point on the road, already in a tough situation. So it was a brilliant move on uh, Eric Musselman's part. So credit goes to him. And hopefully we won't uh, either. We, I'm sure we will see some teams maybe in South Carolina, which we'll be previewing very soon here in this episode, um, utilize that uh, in the next game. But at this point, I think there's two things that uh, Auburn team needs to work on. One, you know, that's coming in a second. Uh, one, you need to learn how to break that double team off Sharif Cooper and how to get back into a, a setup of an offense much quicker so you're not rushed. Yeah. The other thing, 
I said I'd been on my best behavior with refs, but I'm, I refuse to be on my best behavior with free throws. Free throws will win or lose the game. Tonight, I, we, we've so talked about the refs. I understand it. There's a case to be made where they affected the outcome of the game. It's not a factor if Auburn even just makes four of them. Yep. Four. That, four extra of them is all I'm asking, and that almost gets you to 80%. I believe if I'm doing my, you know, mediocre math skills here correctly at this point, 67% from the free throw line. You know, there's probably a lot of teams out there would be happy with 67%. You cannot do that at the NCAA level. So what do I got to do, Gray, to get a consistent high 70s at the bare minimum out of them? I don't know. If if I knew that, then we need to, we need to have contact with the, uh, with the coaching staff right now, because yeah, you're exactly right. You change, you make those free throws, the official not making that call doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't, that has no impact on the game because you know, you make those three free throws that I think Jamal and JT and Sharif missed in the final minute, you know, you make all three of those there. We're not even in that position. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just frustrating because, you know, even though we are obviously, annoyed and, and a little upset at the refing situation this doesn't become a problem if we handle this on our side of things at the end of that so blame goes all the way around to either sides of that but uh that's just kind of the way it is right now uh something that you brought up earlier and i kind of want to roll back to and it kind of has to do with you know bench help and i think that's a lot an area that auburn lacked in a lot tonight uh, but we did get to see some more significant time for players like javon franklin and Chris Moore, who we just got last episode talking about that we were concerned about their playing time. But here they are in situational uh, roles because of foul trouble that happened earlier for some of our bigs and some of the guards as well because uh, Jamal Johnson had four, Alan Flanagan had four fouls. Uh, so really they were just having to kind of be piecemealed in there. And Javon Franklin, my goodness, I mean, son, when you get your opportunity to take it, and he sure did. How many fa- uh, blocks did he have like back-to-back it felt like? Oh, it felt like he had 10. I felt like he had 10. He, he was, he was so good, you know, at staying in front of the defender. And I think Arkansas kind of, you know, saw him come in and was like, well, that's the guy that was the, on the end of the bench on the scouting report. Let's, you know, try and attack him. Well, Javon Franklin said, Oh no, Oh no, you're not going to attack me. Yeah. And not only did he attack them on the defensive end, knocked down two straight threes. Yep. Really, really changed the, changed the bench outcome today. In a, you know, I don't. I think there is actually a stat option. You can look at that. Their effectiveness of their time uh, com- compared there, but with two blocks and then two straight three pointers, there eight points total for him. You know, in only eleven minutes of play, uh, the second least of which of anybody that saw time tonight. You know, honestly, I think he made the most of it. So he probably won a little bit of respect back. Not even uh, respect's not the right word, but maybe he makes coach. Bruce Pearl looked down that end of the bench a little bit more and think maybe he's the spark we need right here. Uh, so he's again, a, a good piece to have fill in there, even if he's only there in spot time. And, you know, Chris didn't have, you know, an exceptional night tonight. He did get three points uh, and then got to the free throw line a couple times and a few rebounds. Uh, but as m- the more we get to see these guys, the better because it continues to make the depth a little bit better going forward. And then we talked about bench points here. I mean, you need to look no further than this right here on the stat sheet. Total bench points, 18 for Auburn, 42 for Arkansas. Now, let's be honest, most of those are from Stills, who had a 
career game here with 22 points. Uh, so even with him gone, they still win the bench points battle. Who's the guy on the bench, in your opinion, Gray, that has to start getting more points for Auburn to be more successful? It's Devin Cambridge. You know, in the past three games, he's done a great job of that. You know, tonight we, you know, didn't play really well. You know, only went 0 for 3 from 3. You know, got to the free throw line twice or once, maybe one or two. You know, he played 23 minutes. He's the leading um, leading bench guy in minutes. But we've got to have we've got to have more production from him. Absolutely, and he's kind of like we've talked about in previous episodes, a sort of sixth man position there. And I would say that him and Cardwell right now are kind of sharing that time, depending on the situation. Uh, so yeah, I would agree with you there that he was pulled from the starting lineup because of you know Coach Bruce Pearl thought that this was a better lineup that he had when Sharif Cooper got into the mix, and who knows how that changed if and when Justin Powell ever gets there. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree with you that if you're going to be considered the sixth man, when you come in, you've got to make a difference. And tonight, he honestly didn't, at least offensively. And he, you know, I don't really recall him much in the game. So that kind of that speaks to how effective he was here. Okay. We spend a lot of time and losses talking about things we should have done better and rightfully so. And one of the things I think that you pointed out when we were kind of discussing this pre-show was the pressure that Auburn gave at the end of the game that put them in a position to win was brilliant. And you'd like to see that more often. What are, what are the things that you think they should be doing a little bit more in that area? You know, just in spurts, like that pressure at the very end of the game to get us back in the position that we were to win and to make free throws or to get the foul call to, to win the game. It changed, you know, with the length of this team with stretch and Thor and Cambridge and the uh, dirty, defensive, you know, grinder mindsets of guys like, you know, Jamal Johnson and Flanagan and Jalen Williams, Chris Moore, et cetera. That pressure really turned – it changed Arkansas. It changed them. They couldn't get the ball inbounds. You know, that's something that you can work into the regular game and in the first half and the middle of the second half just to go on runs and get stops when you need stops like we needed in the second half today. Yeah, and maybe it stops one of those runs that really propelled Arkansas in this in this game at least uh to the point where it got almost a little out of hand for Auburn. I think they pushed it to about 8, maybe 9 points or something like that. It seemed like the magic number tonight for Arkansas was 6 points. They kept kind of keeping Auburn at bay until they made that final run. Uh so it was obviously a manageable situation, but you often wonder had they utilized what you were talking about maybe a little bit early in the game in spurts could that have helped stop some of the bleeding that was happening a little bit earlier on? Despite all this, there's a lot of areas that you can improve in. But again, I take more encouragement from what I saw in this game from a, here's my favorite phrase, a young team on the road, something that we were not accustomed to in previous Bruce Pearl teams. It seems to be something that has been fixed, at least for the program right now. So let's put this one away. It's a little bit frustrating in, although our, our guys battled to the very end. Let's talk about the next one though. And this is always a team that I love seeing because I love good basketball and good basketball comes from Frank Martin coach teams, even though they're struggling a little bit right now, their circumstances are a little bit weird. We'll talk about that. The game is going to be at South Carolina. Now they are only three and four on the year. Let me say that again. Only three and four. They've had quite a few cancellations in conference and out of conference play. One and two in conference play. The game will be at 11 a.m. Central Time this Saturday, the 23rd. 
can watch it on ESPN2. They're coming off a loss playing a very good um, Missouri team who's ranked number 19 on the road, 81-70. to 70. So even though they've only played a few games, they've also played quite a few decent teams as well. They don't have what I would call a signature win. Um, Texas A&M at home for them, I wouldn't call that necessarily. It's a good team, but beating them at home is kind of what you're expected to do, even if you're one of the lower tier teams. I, and But they do have a bad loss at home, First Liberty. So it's kind of one of those things where my feelings is great that they're maybe not the best team in the SEC right now, but I kind of want to give them the benefit of the doubt because they have only played so few games. Where do you sit at with South Carolina? Um, you can't really – it's hard to judge a game, a team that's only played this many games due to the cancellations. And you know, we also don't know, like, what's going on on the inside with South Carolina, if they had COVID issues, like, pre, uh, preseason or whatever. But this is a South Carolina team. Any South Carolina team that's coached by Frank Martin, don't count them out in any basketball game ever. Because Frank Martin – I, I'm a really big fan of Frank Martin. He is he's a great recruiter. He's a great coach. He's a great game plan. He, he, really good, really good coach. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to count them out. I know they are – I wouldn't consider them one of the best teams in the SEC either or even at the top half of the SEC. Um, but, you know, I, I don't, want to, don't want to sound cocky, especially against uh, – just made a reference there. <laughs> I, you know i was gonna let that one slide because that was a terrible dad joke but you, since you called it out there it is <laughs> um but no i don't i don't want to get too confident and um against a t- against a team like uh, south carolina that's coached by frank martin even if you know their resume isn't as built as a team like auburn's yeah, it's, it really is hard to make some fair judgments on them uh, thus far obviously the game will give us a better idea are they as bad as they seem or as or maybe better than they seem here's the, what i do know is right now that auburn and south carolina are what i would call the seller the bottom four teams of the sec yeah. auburn has an opportunity to at least position itself in not the seller after this game south carolina even if they were to get the win here it's still too early to tell if they're out of the seller or not but auburn i would like to see them reposition themselves SEC standing wise in kind of that lower mid level as well, because I think honestly that's where they at least belong at the moment until we can get this whole Justin Powell situation figured out and see what they're like together. Because I really think that alters our perspective of this team. If we have someone opposite of Sharif Cooper. Um, So that's kind of what I'm most interested in this game is can Auburn get the win on the road and reposition themselves back in the middle of the pack and see where they can kind of finish this thing out as we're kind of getting Closer and closer. Well, we're not close to the end of SEC play, but we're midpoint basically right here. And by the way, if you forgot that uh, non-conference game with Baylor's coming up pretty soon, so if you're not worried, (laughs) I'm a little worried about that one. I'm going to be honest with you. I watched them play a little bit the other night, and uh, we're in for a rough time, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) It's going to be a replay of Gonzaga. Number one and number two we will have played at this point. But anyway, we'll cover that when it comes up uh, next What's the one thing that Auburn's got to do to beat South Carolina on the road? Uh, you know, they've got to, I'd, I'd say, get healthy and get Justin Powell back, but that's not something we can control. Um, I, I think you got to handle pressure better. I think you got to handle adversity better, especially a guy like when they double team Shreve Cooper, and you know Frank Martin will. Um, you got to handle that better, and you got to make free throws. 
And I'll say that you've got to shut down A.J. Lawson. He is their leading scorer, 16.6 points per game. It's a name I'm familiar with because we heard it a lot last season. Part of the reason that they were able to, I think they got at least one win from us uh, last season. So shut down A.J. Lawson, and uh, I think you'll be able to uh, at least have a little bit of success in the game down in Columbia, South Carolina. So that is all we have here for you on Inside the Jungle. We'll be back again with you very soon to break down the South Carolina game. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?